With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone. I'm Sierra. And I'm Ashley. And this is your Weekly, Weekly Dose of Wicked. On this day of podcastmas, my favorite podcasters gave to me. 12 poisonings, 11 eyeball pluckings, 10 sleepless weekends, 9 missing hobos, 8 awkward dates, 7 medical malpractices, 6 southern stabbings, 5 golden rings, a quadruple homicide, a few cryptic notes, 2 teenage dirtbags, and a lunatic ex-husband. Welcome to day five of Podcast Miss. What, what? So glad you could join us. So glad that you are here, especially during this busy holiday season. Hope we bring you, um, I was going to say some joy, but that's not the right word. No, Christmas joy is not. I was going to say that too, but that's not right. We're not bringing joy. We're talking about murder. It's not joy. No. So whatever that does for you. Uh, hopefully we're bringing you like something to listen to while you're wrapping your presents and making cookies and lighting candles and anything else that you do during your holiday season, regardless of what holiday you choose to celebrate. Yes, yes, yes. I would just like to make it known today is oh, we're recording this on December 12th, but it's the 17th. So, what are you doing today, Ashley? It's Saturday. What are you doing? On the 17th? Yeah, Saturday. What are you doing? I don't know. What am I doing? I don't know. I'm asking. Are you doing anything? Do you have any plans? I don't know. I was just trying to make conversation. Why do you have to make things weird? I don't know. I thought maybe like we had plans that I forgot about. <laughs> no, we don't. I will be on... It's December 17th. I'm currently driving to go see my husband's grandmother. That's what I'm doing. Okay. Um. Those are my plans for Saturday. I'm going to see Grandma Chris. I don't think I'm doing anything. Up in the mountains of North Kakalaki. So. Well, that sounds like lots of fun. I'm sure it will be a lovely time. I have, I, I mean, I don't mind going to see Draco's grandmother. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a good time. I just didn't know if you had plans, if you were doing anything. No, I don't think so. I think my plans are probably to, like, finish wrapping my presents. Yeah. Well, I was going to say I'm proud to announce that it's currently December 12th. And I have, like, half my Christmas shopping done, which is good for me. Since I normally shop on December 23rd. I'm done. Good job. I just got a wrap, which is not good for me because we're opposites when it comes to that. Why? Oh, because you're normally done by now. Yeah. Because I'm normally done. December 1st, it's all done. Yeah, you're normally done by now. Presents are bought, wrapped, done. Mm -hmm. You're normally done by now. That's true. So kind of bring in some stress. I'm having a very stressful December. Are you? I am. So anyways, let's jump on in. Let's do it. I'm ready for day five. All right. Do the jingle. On the fifth day of podcast, miss my favorite podcasters gave to me. Five. No, I got to do it low. Five yeah. golden rings. 
you need to do it a little quieter because that was very loud. <laughs> it sounded like a dying walrus. <laughs> that was really rude. Okay. <laughs> do I need to do the whole thing over again? No, just the five. <laughs> it was very loud. I wasn't though. I didn't get any closer to the mic. Okay, well, it was just very loud. So just a little quieter. Five golden rings. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you. I can't wait for the five golden rings. Alrighty. So Betty Johnson received the nickname as the Black Widow or the Black Widow Granny. She was married five times between 1950 to 1991, and all five of her husbands died. Wow. I cannot believe it. I know. The name didn't give it away or anything. I'm so shocked. So the question is, was it Betty who killed them? Or was she the unluckiest woman alive? I'm a pretty unlucky woman, and I haven't lost any husbands. So Betty was born in 1931 in Ironton, Ohio. Not much is known about Betty's early life. It was the 30s. She grew up in a middle-class family where her dad was a coal miner. When she was a teenager, they relocated to Florida when her father got a job with the railroad. Oh. She graduated high school in 1949 and married her first husband, Clarence Malone, in 1950. They had a son together. His name was Gary. And their marriage didn't last very long. They divorced in 1951 because Betty claims Clarence was abusive. Clarence remarried two more times and became a business owner of his own body shop. In 1970, he was shot in the back of the head at his body shop. The murder was ruled a robbery gone wrong, and as far as I can find, Betty wasn't even a suspect. They had been divorced for 18 years at that point. What a freaking sick way for her to kill him if she shot him in the back of the head. Well, we don't know that it was a robbery. Well, I mean, I know that we don't know that, but like if she did that, like, ugh. Yeah. I was just thinking like poisonings. No, no poisonings. A nice, a nice dainty way to kill someone. <laughs> a nice feminine way? No. Yeah. So in 1953, Betty remarried her second husband, James Flynn. They had a daughter together named Peggy in 1954. And in 1955, James died in a tragic accident in New York where he froze to death while sleeping in his truck. He froze to death sleeping in his truck. Yeah. Okay. They were reportedly separated at the time, and this was ruled a accident. <laughs> it's really not funny, but like she wasn't even with these men when they went and were murdered. Like they weren't even together. Well, the first two. Okay. Okay. In 1960, Betty went to beauty school in Jacksonville, Florida. And in 1963, she met Richard Sills at the salon she was working at. He lived on base nearby. He was in the Navy. They got married soon after, and he was her third husband. In 1967, Betty and Richard had reportedly been out at the bars all day, and they had been drinking for several hours. They started arguing once they got home, and in the middle of their argument, Richard pulled out a gun and shot himself. Betty called the police to report he had committed suicide. In the meantime, the kids were both home, and they came out and found Richard dead. The local police took Betty's word for what happened, that it was a suicide, and they really didn't investigate anything. They didn't do an autopsy. They just took her word. The naval police also had to look into this since he was active duty Navy, and they just took the local police's word, who took Betty's word, and they also ruled it a suicide. Okay. Betty then moved to Key West, Florida, and she opened her own salon where she met Harold Gentry in 1967. Harold was in the military and was stationed nearby. The two got married in 1968, making him her fourth husband. Harold told his family about how fun, beautiful, well-dressed, and feisty she was. 
Um, this isn't really rele- relevant, but I thought it was funny. A lot of things say that Betty had a mouth that would make a sailor blush. Oh. She was a real big cusser. Yeah. In case you didn't know what that meant. I did. I didn't know what that meant. Okay, so they had a daughter named Kelly together. They traveled around the world with him while he was active in the military. In 1976, Harold retired after 21 years of service. So, go Harold. Yeah. The family moved to Harold's hometown, Norwood, North Carolina. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah. Yeah? I'd never heard of Norwood, and apparently it's pretty close. Yeah, I get Instacart orders for it all the time. Well, that's where uh, the fourth husband died at. Right? It's close to me, right? Yeah, it's in Stanley County. Yeah. And there was, like, one of the news places said, like, was, like, a thing from, like, Rockwell, North Carolina that, like, I used in my research. I was just looking to see, like, how close it actually is to me, but I think it's, yeah, because I get Instacart and it'll be, like, a food lion in Norwood. Yep, there's the Norwood food lion. There it is. Pretty crazy. I've never heard of it. I get them all the time, but I don't know where it is in comparison to me, though. I was trying to, like, find me on the map. It's a, it's a little farther east, like you're going towards the beach. Well, just thought it was pretty crazy because I've never heard of Norwood and I've never even heard of this case. Yeah. So, anyways. Yeah. So, um, they moved back to Norwood, Harold's hometown. They built a house together on some land that was gifted to them by Harold's sister. And the house was completed and they moved in in 1977. Harold took a part-time job at Royal Chemical Company. Um, that way he could keep busy and have extra spending money apart from his retirement. In July of 1986, Harold didn't show up for work and his neighbor was called to check on him. It was very unusual for Harold not to show up for work. He was a very hard worker and very reliable. His neighbor, Emery Lehigh, went over to Harold's house and the sliding glass door was open. Hmm. Harold was laying face down in front of the door with a puddle of blood surrounding him and his pipe still in his mouth. That's sad. On fact, he always had a pipe in his mouth. So, thought that was, I mean, not a nice way to go, because clearly that's a horrible way to go, but at least he still had his pipe in his mouth. So, I know we've moved past it. It's just on the other side of Albemarle. Yeah, near Albemarle. So, yep. Yeah, so, yeah, I get orders for uh, Richfield, Albemarle, Norwood. So, yeah, I mean, it's like 45 minutes from me. But, yeah, okay, sorry. I just had to, I had to know. Sorry, I could have told you it was near Albemarle. I've never picked up an order there. I'm pretty picky about my Instacart orders. (laughs) Not that any of our listeners care, but I do Instacart on the side because I'm poor. (laughs) (laughs) No, they don't care. It's nice supplemental income for me. Well, I thought maybe it would make them join the Patreon. How do you join the Patreon? (laughs) Go to www.patreon.com forward slash weekly dose of wicked. Or you can go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash WDOW. We'll get back to the case. So, he had six gunshot wounds. That's some overkill. Yeah, overkill. So, it was like an ambush-type shooting. He had shots in both the front and the back of his body. Ugh. There was also extensive ransacking to their house. Most of the drawers were open. Things were turned over. Immediately, home invasion was what they thought. Yeah. But there were no signs of forced entry. They came to the neighborhood, and many of the neighbors admitted to hearing gunshots Saturday night. But the area was very rural, and gunshots weren't uncommon, which is funny because we just talked about that today. Yeah. So a lot of people there had large plots of land, and they would often, like, target shoot. Um, Emery even remembers telling his wife that he thought it was a little late for target practice, but whatever. So he just let it go. Gunshots were Mm -hmm. normal. 
wasn't a big deal. So the police went to find Betty. She was out of town. She was about three and a half hours away getting her truck serviced. Mm. Well, that was really weird that she was three and a half hours away getting her truck serviced. Was there nowhere closer? But anyways, the the police had a hard time finding Betty. It was 1986 and people didn't have cell phones. She was out of town. It was kind of hard to track her down. They finally tracked her down and brought her back to tell her about her husband. They said that she didn't really even cry. And she immediately started establishing her alibi and explaining where she'd been. She told the police that she went to get her truck worked on in Augusta, Georgia. And she was staying with a friend in Marietta, Georgia. Her alibi was proven. She had receipts for the service. And they called the shop that she got the work done at. And they confirmed that it was Betty who had the work done. They asked her if there was anyone that she could think of that would hurt her husband. Immediately, she told them yes. There were four men who she didn't know who kept driving by her house. On multiple occasions, they pulled in and out of her driveway, and they were driving a bright yellow Mercedes. She felt like they were casing her house and that they were dangerous. However, no one else in the community saw this vehicle or these men. Yeah, it's pretty hard to miss probably a bright yellow car, so. Right. Um, Exactly. So they thought that was really weird that no one else saw this car. They were strangers. It was a small town, and they were driving a bright-ass yellow Mercedes. Mm Mm-hmm. The police even reached out to surrounding counties, like their police departments and their public, to see if anyone had seen this car. No one did. But with Betty having an alibi and no other evidence, the case grew cold, and within months, they had nothing. Harold's brother, Al, was very suspicious of Betty. He said that his brother once told him, never trust that woman. She isn't who she says she is. His brother also told police that they were actually separated at the time, Betty had accused Harold of cheating and threw him out of the house, and he was staying in a travel trailer in their backyard, and he would just come into the house to shower and eat. Omnious, isn't it? Like, don't trust her. She's not who we think she is. Like, right. Ugh. I don't like And no that. other information. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> okay. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So from him, Betty received $20,000 from his life insurance. After Harold's death, Betty moved to Augusta, Georgia. And she met John Numer, and she married for the fifth time in 1991. John was a relatively wealthy man. He had a net worth of about $300,000. However, during their marriage, Betty racked up $200,000 in credit card debt on 43 different credit cards. 43 credit cards. That's a lot, right? Because of this, they filed bankruptcy in 2000. And according to John's family, he was always really careful with money and a big saver. So it seemed that Betty was the cause of all of their money problems. In 2001, John died of sepsis. Um, in case you don't know, sepsis is an infection of the bloodstream that causes multi-organ failure. I did know that. Well, I figured you knew. I met other people. Kind of crazy. How did she make him die of sepsis? Well, sepsis has the same side effects as poisoning. Oh. They didn't check for like, poison in his blood? Not side effects, but the same symptoms. Right, the same symptoms as poisoning. But they didn't check for poison in his blood? They just automatically assumed it was sepsis? I guess. Hmm. Weird. So, I 
I mean, I don't talk much about that, but I'll talk a little about it later. Um, John's kids found out about their father's death from his obituary in the newspaper. Betty didn't even have the decency to tell them. That's shitty. When they contacted Betty, she told them that she had already cremated John. That's even shittier. (laughs) Right? She didn't tell them that their dad was dead, and they didn't even, like, have a funeral or bury him or nothing. She just decided on her own to cremate him. Yeah, that's pretty crappy. So, again, she was the beneficiary and received his life insurance. I couldn't find the exact amount, but I assume it was probably quite a sum since he had money. Mm Mm-hmm. In 2008, 22 years after Harold Gentry's death, his case was reopened. His brother, Al, refused to stop fighting for justice for his brother and worked really hard to get anyone to listen to him about the case. When a new sheriff, Rick Burrs, was appointed, Al begged him to look into the case. Finally, Sheriff Burrs agreed, and his efforts blew this wide open. Immediately upon looking at the files in Harold Gentry's case, the detectives thought, this robbery was staged. There was no way this was a real robbery. They said the amount of ransacking done was not in line with the small amount of items taken. They said that expensive things in the home were left and menial things were taken. Harold had an extensive antique clock collection and none of those were touched. Apparently, <laughs> antique clocks are very expensive, but none of them were taken. It was only small things like some things off the nightstand, some crystals. Nothing really big, so they said it just didn't really add up. They also thought that the amount of gunshots was excessive. So if it really was a robbery, they would have just shot him enough to get him away and get out of the house. But he had six gunshots to the front and the back of his body. Like, whoever did it wanted to make sure he was dead. Well, yeah. So they started looking into Betty. When they pulled up Betty in a database that wasn't available during the first investigation, they found that Betty had been married five times and all five of her husbands were dead. So at this point, like, they hadn't really connected the dots. They didn't know much about Betty at all. So they looked into each of the deaths, and they thought they all seemed a little suspicious. No. (laughs) I know, surprising. (laughs) They also learned that she tried to hire someone to kill Harold, a local business owner named Alan Lawrence, was a retired police officer, and he now owned a pool and hot tub business. He said that Betty was just an acquaintance, and he didn't know her well, but she asked him on multiple occasions to kill her husband. He told her no and went and reported to the police about two months prior to Harold's death, but the police didn't take him seriously. They made a report, but they didn't really do anything about it. They just kind of blew it off, and it got buried with all the other paperwork, and when they were investigating, they really didn't look into these claims. They also found that in a few weeks leading up to Harold's death, Betty had gathered a very large sum of money. I couldn't find an exact amount, but very large sum. Okay. She acquired the money from um, rental units they had and selling some properties. But there was nothing showing where the money went, just that she got the money. And so they, their theory was that Betty used this large sum of cash to hire a hitman. Well, it's very possible. With the evidence against Betty, they tracked her down, and they found her outside her home in Georgia, gardening. She was now 76. When they approached her and told her that they wanted to talk about Harold, she immediately went cold. She was arrested in May of 2008 for solicitation of murder. They couldn't get her on an actual murder charge because they didn't really have any evidence, but they could get her on trying to hire somebody to kill her husband. Right. 
But when they arrest her, she said that she couldn't go to jail. She wouldn't be able to bring her metal comb or her blue shampoo. What was the first thing? Her metal comb? She wouldn't be able to bring her metal comb or her blue shampoo. That's what she was worried about going to jail. Her comb what and her a shampoo. Bitch. How old was she? 70 something? What a little biatch. Yeah, like heaven forbid. I killed five men, but I can't go to jail because I can't bring my metal comb or my blue shampoo for my white hair. She's she's something. And in the shed, they found chemicals that contained heavy metals. Poisoning of heavy metals and poisoning of arsenic often have very similar symptoms to sepsis. So they sent away the ashes to be tested since, remember, he was cremated immediately. Right, right. In the meantime, they interrogated Betty. She denied all involvement. They asked her about her husband's, and she told them about all of their deaths. But when she told them about her first husband, she said that he died of cancer. Even though he didn't die of cancer, he was shot in the back of the head. So, right? Why would she lie about that? Did she forget? Uh, must be. Like she forgot she shot him? I guess she forgot with all of the killings. Mm, all the murdering she was doing. So she denied having anything to them and she said that it's not her fault when people die. She was kept in jail on a $300,000 bond and in October of 2008 she posted bail and lived off the grid. She went to Louisiana to live with her daughter. While they were building a case against Betty for Harold, all of the other cases were reopened except for James Flynn. They couldn't find anything in Clarence Malone's case, so his was closed pretty quick. His family didn't believe that Betty had any involvement, and there were many rumors that he had pissed off a biker gang and they killed him. Richard Sill's case was reopened. They looked into his files and found that he had two gunshot wounds, one in the stomach and one in the heart. Remember, he was ruled suicide. Right. So if it really was a suicide, it would be very unlikely that there would be two gunshot wounds. Well, right. According to experts, when you shoot yourself and fail to die, that the body's natural reaction is to drop the gun, like it puts itself into like a defensive mode. Mm-hmm. So they said that it would be pretty much almost impossible for someone to work through all of that pain and then shoot themselves again. Right. And then also, um, when people try to kill themselves, they usually don't shoot themselves in the stomach. That's a very slow, long, painful death. They try to exhume the body, but the statute of limitations have run out. So in Florida, only premeditated murder had a statute that didn't expire and they could exhume a body for, but all other murder had a statute, so they couldn't. Since he was also in the Navy, they tried to get the Naval Police to exhume the body, but they also had the same problems. Since they couldn't do an autopsy on him, his case also closed. They don't have any new evidence. But it was premeditated. I mean, was it not? They couldn't prove that it was premeditated. They couldn't prove that? Right. Well, that's stupid. So, Harold... I'm sure sure it was premeditated. I'm sure it was, too, but they couldn't prove it, so... (sighs) They couldn't bring him out for an autopsy. Harold Dentry had no evidence except for the solicitation of murder, and she had an alibi, and there was no physical evidence in the case. John Numer was reopened on the findings from the search. His cremated remain testing came back, and it came back positive for heavy metals like the ones that were found in her shed. But when they tested it, they couldn't get, like, a quantity, so it came back inconclusive. So they couldn't prove that she poisoned him. Betty's trial was set for December of 2010, but she came increasingly ill. 
and her trials and court appearances kept getting postponed multiple times. In June of 2011, Betty died from cancer in a Louisiana hospital, and she never got a trial. The case of Harold Gentry remains open while all the others um, became closed. On Betty's deathbed, she told her daughter that she didn't do any of it. She said that Harold and John were the love of her lives, and she couldn't wait to go be with them. What the hell is wrong with her? I don't know. So what do we think? Do we think she did it, or was she the unluckiest woman alive? I think she did it. That's too many dead husbands. I mean, I agree, but they had no evidence of any of them. So that's pretty crazy. I mean, yeah, I guess, but she didn't go to jail, right? So, Well, she did go to jail. She got out on bail. Oh, right, right. And then she died before her trial. Okay. But she wasn't in jail, like, for long periods of time. What what did you say her cause of death was? Cancer. Okay, so it's not like she killed herself. No. She'd already done so much killing. She could have just... I mean, did she give herself cancer? Seems like it's possible. I mean, maybe. Hmm. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, she was arrested in May, and she was in jail until October, so... Oh, so she was there a little bit. Yeah. I mean, not a ton of time, but five months. Five months, six months, yeah. So... Okay. She could get her bail money. Yeah, but it's not that long. It's surprising she didn't have the bail money, considering all the life insurance that she had taken. Yeah. I think she probably killed her husband. So there was more to the case, like other crazy things that she did. But um, mm-hmm. you know, we're trying to make these mini, so I didn't add all of it in there, but there's some crazy things. I mean, you might as well just add it in there because of our cases, only one of them's actually been a mini. So Well, I know, but... The rest of them are all 40 to an hour long, so... If you want a um, full hour and a half of it, um, true crime all the time, they uh-huh. go into real depth. Yeah. yeah I, might, I might listen to this uh, true crime all the time. That's a good one. And there's even more crazy stuff like her son died from suicide. Her, I think she killed him too. I mean, I don't know. Maybe. He hmm. apparently had a suicide note, but like his wife blamed Betty. Um, Why would she kill her son? She had a life insurance policy on him. Then she was the oh. beneficiary. And he was 30-something. So, so you think that all of these were just like for money? Yeah. Pretty crappy. Um, her grandson, Gary's stepson, Jeff, lived with her. Oh, for she like killed three her grandson? Years. No. Okay. He lived with her for like two or three years, and she told him that she wanted to take a life insurance policy out on him. And he was like, Nope, and he moved out. <laughs> I don't blame him at all. Um, in True Crime all the time, they talk about she had, like, 20 different aliases and was, like, using, like, all kinds of credit cards and was, like, in credit card theft and pyramid schemes. I couldn't find that anywhere else, so I didn't add it in here. Mm-hmm. Because they're the only ones that talked about it, but... Right. That's she pretty crazy. all kinds of crazy shit. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Hmm. Pretty if you cra- have time, listen to crazy. True Crime all the time. They have a good podcast on her. It's pretty crazy. All right. Well, thanks for the fifth day of podcast, miss. Seven more. Yep. Seven more. So we'll catch you tomorrow for six Southern stabbings, y'all. That was a good accent. I liked that. I know. I know it was. <laughs> Did you like it? I loved it. Should I do the entire episode in my Southern accent? No, you should not. Like my real Southern accent, like the one that I use when I talk to Southern people. Not I my fake one. To- not my overly, not my overly exaggerated one. I don't think you should use a southern accent, no. <laughs> Why? Because you don't have a southern accent. 
okay, but when I talk to Southern customers or like you have a church fake reverence. Yankee Southern accent, no. <laughs> have you ever heard it? I mean, yes. Comes out so I don't know. I'm gonna take a vote and ask the Patreon. Should I do okay. six Southern stabbings in my Southern accent? I don't know why you have to hate on it. I just say things like giddy and bless your heart. Not really. I don't really say those things, but I don't know that I could actually even do my fake Southern accent without having a Southerner present. What do you mean you have me? You're not a Southerner, Ashley. <laughs> Whatever. It only comes out when I talk to Southern people. All right. Well, we'll catch you tomorrow. Catch you tomorrow for six Southern stabbings. Bye. Okay, thanks. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard and want to support a small podcast, please give us money at www.patreon.com forward slash weekly dose of wicked, where you can join one of our three tiers at the $5 level. We've got the moderately wicked for $7 a month. We've got the awesomely wicked. And for all of those high rollers, big ballers out there, we got the $10 level, the extraordinarily wicked. As a member of our Patreon, you are entitled to bonus episodes. Uh, You also get a one-time shout out on our podcast, as well as some other cool little extra things going on there. So come on over, join our fan club. Feel free to give us a follow on Instagram at weekly underscore dose underscore of underscore wicked or you can literally just search weekly dose of wicked and we'll pop up because we're the only ones for a direct feed of our podcast please go to www.weeklydoseofwicked.buzzsprout.com great news you can now listen to us pretty much wherever you like to listen to podcasts That's right, folks. We are big time. You can now hear your weekly dose of Wicked on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Plus Alexa, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Pocket Cast, Deezer, Listen Notes, Player FM, Podcast Index, Overcast, Castro, CastBox, and PodFriend. The only place we can't seem to get ourselves on is Pandora. So we'll let you know when that happens. In the meantime, make sure to come back next Wednesday for your weekly, weekly dose, dose of, of wicked. But um Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.